Helping our children think of themselves as being called to sainthood is a big part of our mission as Catholic homeschoolers. Today's guests, author Lisa Hendy and illustrator Katie Broussard, are here to talk about their love of the saints and their glorious new children's book, I'm a Saint in the Making. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host. And today we're talking with Lisa Hendy and Katie Broussard about their new book, I'm a Saint in the Making. Author Lisa M. Hendy is the founder of CatholicMom.com and a best-selling author. She has journeyed around the globe to hear and share messages of hope and encouragement. Her Chime Travelers series for kids is read and studied worldwide in homes, schools, and churches. A frequent TV and radio guest, Lisa also hosts two podcasts and speaks internationally on faith, family, evangelization, and technology topics. She's traveled worldwide with nonprofits to support their humanitarian missions. Lisa and Greg Hendy worship and live their story in Los Angeles, California. And you can find her at lisahendy.com. And Hendy is H-E-N-D-E-Y.com, but that's in our show notes, as will other resources. Katie Broussard is the illustrator of the award-winning children's book, Audacious Ignatius. She lives outside Chicago with her husband and two sons. You can find Katie at katiebroussard.com, and that's K-A-T-I-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com, and we'll have that in the show notes as well, but I wanted to make sure if you're jotting it down that you got that. Welcome to the program, Lisa and Katie. Thank you, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're welcome. It is so much fun to have both the author and the illustrator together because that spark that happens between two creative people is really an amazing thing to see. And this book is just adorable. It's so charming. Well, thank you. And I think it's um, a great gift for me personally to be doing interviews about the book because Katie and I have developed this wonderful friendship and getting to do these calls is a chance to visit now with my friends. Like you and I go back so far, Lisa, and, and my, my friendship with Katie is a new one, but it's a great gift to me. So I'm really grateful for your time today. Yes, this is really fun to be together. Oh, and so nice to meet you, Katie, because yes, I've known Lisa a long time. Many of us have known Lisa a long time. She has such a gift for friendship and for lifting other people up. And now we get to meet you, Katie, which is just such a thrill. Your work is just beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like this book is not just a children's book, that it takes us through some really important points about what it takes to be a saint and how we're all called to be saints. It's kind of a primer for the parents and the grandparents as well, I think. Yeah, yesterday I was actually doing, I've been doing some virtual readings of the book. And yesterday I had the great gift of reading it aloud um, to a parish up in uh, upstate New York and Chatham, New York. There, it was interesting because the pastor came onto the call and, and also invited other parishioners who weren't just religious ed children to come on. And one of the women who was on the call, she was probably my age, so maybe mid-50s. 
sat very entranced by the book and had some of the most remarkable things to say after I read it about how it impacted her. And she said, I don't have children. I have children in my life, but I, I've never, you know, given birth to a child, but I feel like God sent me today to listen to this book. So that's, that's a, what we're hoping for is that the grownups who share this book with the children in their lives, that it'll be meaningful for them too. And that they can really enjoy it together. And I think it really sparks a lot of conversation kind of back and forth between the generations as well, which is really special. Yeah, you look for that. And and I feel like when you do something that's really simple, because we all have gaps in our training and our formation, it ends up just filling in the gap for somebody and being a bridge. Yeah. And Lisa, I know that um, you've given so much of your heart and your life to supporting homeschooling families. And it was really in my heart when writing the book that this would be, you know, something that would be a gift for homeschoolers too, that so much of how we live our faith these days, especially right now during this time of pandemic, you know, happens in the heart of our home, that that really is our domestic church. And so what we were really looking to do was to equip the kids right where they are right now to answer that call to sanctity. Katie, any comment on that, that just that reaching into the home? Absolutely, yes. I um, am very new to the world of homeschooling (laughs) since last spring, Um, but we've sort of been doing some e-learning and homeschooling here, and um, I am trained as a teacher, but it's just a whole new world to be uh, teaching my children, and I'm so thankful um, for resources like I'm a Saint in the Making, where we can sit down and have a discussion and inspire wonder and curiosity and just to talk about things that are really important together. And as an artist, too, and, and as a word person, Lisa, both of you, the role of beauty in our lives to attract our hearts to things that uh, ignite our imaginations and, and help to expand our sense of what's possible. I feel like homeschoolers really appreciate it, especially Catholic homeschoolers, the good, the true, and the beautiful. I have to let Katie respond to that first because um, I'm going to piggyback on what she says, but she's opened my eyes to this topic in a special way. So, Katie. <laughs> oh, thanks, Lisa. Yeah, no, I was thinking about um, the other day, I was talking to my spiritual director about the practice of Visio Divina and just what a different experience it is to enter in to um, a passage of scripture or the life of a saint through an image. Um, and I, Lexio Divina is also a wonderful practice, but sometimes it's it sort of engages a different part of your imagination um, when there are no words. And um, just thinking about how that takes place with my children, a lot of times Visio Divina doesn't mean, you know, we're all sitting silently and moving through these very prescribed steps together. A lot of times it means we're just looking at a cool image that we're all interested in that's related to our faith and kind of asking questions and talking about it and digging into it that way. Um, And so it's great to have beautiful images um, to inspire us in that area. I've never really thought of myself as an artist. I definitely, you know, ask me to draw something and it will look like a stick figure possibly with 
frizzy hair. This is the only kind I know. How to <laughs> but watching how Katie interacts with the world around her has been very inspirational for me over the last year. And um, to see not only the work that she does in the book, but I, I follow her on Instagram, which everyone should do if you're not already following her. Um, and she so often um, paints, you know, and sometimes it's, it's um, you know, a planned painting session, but sometimes it's a very spontaneous thing. Katie had some um, post the other day where she was teaching her children, I think about maybe animals. And I had so much fun just looking at, um, you know, how, how the three of them, you know, interacted on this piece of paper and what, how it spoke to my heart. And I, I find myself with my phone, you know, capturing these moments of beauty around me, but I'm after, you know, spending time with Katie, one of my hopes for 2021 is some kind of art lessons um, to tap into a side of myself that I haven't used before. So Wow, oh, I'm so excited beautiful. to hear you say that, Lisa. That's really cool. <laughs> I think that when we do, if I can just kind of keep going on this topic, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> um, but I think when we do tap into that creative part of ourselves, there's really something special that happens. And I think God can speak to us and work through us in special ways when we're using our creativity. I mean, just look at the writing that you do. You already know this, but... Um, I think sometimes exploring a new area of creativity as well can be just being a beginner in something and kind of um, seeing what it's like to express yourself in a different way can be really interesting. Yeah, and I feel like John Paul too in his letter to artists from 1999 said that God, God speaks his creation through that creative impulse. And so the fact that Lisa's now been attracted to this whole new area of, of exploration yeah, I mean, I really want to talk about the book itself, but let's just take a little side trip into the, uh, that creative pursuit as a pathway to sanctity and how that can really be a kind of a tool of evangelization with our children as well. Well, Lisa, I, I keep going back to, you know, how I initially met you and it was through these beautiful works of um acting that you were putting together these scripts that you created and, you know, inviting children into, you know, acting out um, dramatic presentations that shared the faith and, you know, your gifts over the last several years have flourished so beautifully, but it's like that, that heart of um, a creative within you has taken so many different paths and has led (laughs) you into so many different things. And I never formally homeschooled my children. um, So I'm, I'm lacking in that experience. And I often lament that we sort of raised our kids before that became as um, wonderfully popular as it is now. I think I would have loved doing it, but I do know from, you know, the learning that I did alongside them that oftentimes journeying with a child through learning exposes you and opens you up to experiences that you never had before in your life. You, you can be a, you know, 30 or 40 something year old or 20 something year old woman who never has had a particular experience with science or math or whatever it may be and sharing it with your child. Um, you know, you may think you're doing it for them, but you're actually, <laughs> you actually derive so much of the joy yourself, I think, out of that learning. So, I mean, my kids were into things that I never, one of them was a huge um, Civil War era buff. And, you know, we traveled with him to take him to places that I never would have desired to go see myself, but then visiting it and seeing it through his eyes 
but experiencing it myself for the first time was so amazing. And I hope that, you know, what we've created with the book will be that same type of a thing for maybe for um, a mom or dad who hasn't actually known a particular saint, that discovering them right through the prism of your kid's eyes will really bless you too. Absolutely. When I was working on the illustrations for the book, um, there were some saints that I came into the project with an idea of how I wanted to portray them. But there were some that I honestly had to look up and read about and um, figure out where they were from and what they did. And um, that was a really neat way to to learn about the saints um, and to, to use art, you know, to figure out, to sort of direct my questioning. You know, I need to draw a picture of this person, so I need to learn about them um, in order to portray the details of their life. Oh, yeah. And anytime you get invited to explore into something of importance, right? It's a whole new area of discovery. So talk a little bit about how this project came about and what it means to you. So we um, are so blessed to work with Paraclete Press, our publisher, and this is the second of um, two books that I had planned to do with them. The first book came out last year, and it's called um, I Am God's Storyteller. And this book, you know, initially was conceived as a companion piece to that, that in the same way that with I Am God's Storyteller, we equipped kids to you know, kind of claim their role in the new evangelization that in this book, we're really telling them right where you are right now, you know, God's using you, you know, not preparing you for the future, but using the gifts and skills that you have right now. And we were so blessed um, to be able to meet one another through Katie's book, Audacious Ignatius had come out um, last year, and I had the chance to interview her for my podcast and immediately was drawn to her artwork and immediately put her at the top of my wish list for <laughs> for this project. So, so blessed that she was able to do it. And uh, it's just been such a joy. What about you, Katie? So I first heard about the project right after that um, really fun podcast interview that we had. I had to keep reminding myself, like, this is an interview. Like, it kind of just felt like a fun, you know, phone call. (laughs) And I was like, no, this is being recorded. Um, And we just really had a connection uh, during that conversation. And so then Lisa's editor reached out to me um, shortly afterwards and told me about the book project and asked for some sample sketches and um, sent me the manuscript to read over, and I was um, really excited about it, so. And Lisa, I know that you've done work before that involves, you know, creative endeavors being blent into it. Like, so it's so um, thrilling as an author to take, you know, the words that you've created, but then to see them in the context of something so much bigger than, than what, you know, what you dreamed it could be. And so it's just such a gift now to look at the book and, you know, um, to see how people react to it, to see these children that I was reading it to over Zoom yesterday, the things that they noticed on the pages and just how they interface with it. It just, it brings such delight. It's really wonderful. Yeah, I'd love to hear uh, one or two examples of that because it's so true that when we give our work to God in that creative effort, we start to see in retrospect or as other people reflect on our work where the Holy Spirit really showed up in ways that can surprise us. 
Yeah, I think that um, it's interesting with this book that you have sort of this straightforward narrative that, you know, what we try to do in the book is kind of a dual purpose. We try to equate readers who will study the book or enjoy it with their families, you know, with particular saints. And we, we try really hard to kind of give a diversity of saints, both in terms of where they were from, what their vocations were in life, their ages, all of these things, and to kind of give some some benchmark, you know, understanding that God calls everybody, no matter who you are, to be this saint in the making. And then the second half of the book really looks at equipping kids to kind of say, what are some of the ways that right now, right where I am, um, God's using me. And so we go through these specific areas. But it's interesting to me that, um, well, one one page in the book that everyone's always drawn to is the map page that's kind of towards the, the center of the book. But um, children have a way of noticing little details. And so they will, when I was doing the Q&A yesterday, they were asking me like, who is the saint on XYZ page? Or what's this statue? Or, you know, it's just so cute to see their curiosity firing. They notice everything. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. It's just to see, just to see what they spark to. And it makes you see things with fresh eyes. It goes back to what you were saying about learning through our children's eyes, like going to places that your child was excited about with the Civil War or noticing that little detail on the page. And one thing that um, one of the catechists who was um, with us on the call yesterday, I keep going back to that because it was just the most recent example of, you know, and you know this, Lisa, that when you're an author, it's often a very solitary pursuit. You don't, you know, unless you're out speaking, which none of us are doing these days, you're not often, you know, in direct contact with your readers. And so to have the experience of reading a children's book aloud and have them immediately, you know, give you that feedback that you so desire, but one of the catechists was telling me that she plans after they've read the book now to take the students to the parish and to stand in front of each of the windows, the St. Glass windows, and to give teaching lessons, you know, right there in the church in front of the windows that she said, you know, I've been sitting in this church for years and I never really thought about doing that until I saw your book, Katie's God, an illustration in the book that's absolutely beautiful, the feature stained glass windows. And I think how many of us sit in our churches week after week and have these treasures of, of the faith all around us and don't necessarily realize there's a story behind that statue or a story behind that window. Um, it's, you know, these living monuments that are all around us that too often we, we don't engage with. Oh, that's so cool. I love that idea. That's really yeah, fun. It was, it yeah, I noticed great. that particular illustration as well. It's absolutely gorgeous. Why don't each of you just say a little bit about how the saints have import, been important to you? Katie, I'm going to let you go first since I've been talking so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was just thinking as you were saying, just generally about the saints, um, my kids are really interested in Greek mythology right now. So we've been reading a ton of Greek myths. They just cannot get enough. Um, they are obsessed with ancient Greek, ancient Greece rather. And um, in our recent All Saints Day celebrations, I was thinking about how there's sort of a danger of thinking of the saints 
um, as sort of like larger than life and sort of like mythological figures and we could never be like them and they're, you know, on a pedestal somewhere else. And um, I was really thankful for the message of this book to say like, okay, they're not, they're not mythological. Like they're, they're like us and we're called to be like them. And they're, you know, really real life examples for us. I, the first saint that comes to mind um, for me at this moment um, is Ignatius of Loyola. Um, It was a really meaningful experience for me to um, work on audacious Ignatius as well and to get a chance to kind of dig deeper into his life um and I uh got to complete the 19th annotation um which is a retreat in everyday life of St. Ignatius's spiritual exercises um and it was just a really uh powerful experience for me so um his spirituality has had a big impact on me beautiful I love and have loved studying the lives of the saints one of my favorite books on my bookcase is a little um, Lives of the Saints book that my my dad gave to my mom for their 25th um, wedding anniversary. And I, I borrowed it um, shortly after she received it. And there's a little love letter, you know, how oftentimes when people give a book, they'll write something inside of the, the cover of the book. And there was a this beautiful letter between the two of them that just every time I open that book, it just so um, brings a tear of joy to my my eye that, um, you know, between the two of them that, you know, it wasn't a piece of jewelry or something like that that was given. It was a, maybe I was destined to grow up and write about the saints with people who love the saints as much as my parents did. But I think that I, I'm drawn to their stories, both because I love a good story and also because it gives me hope that even though I'm so, you know, that I, that I mess up every day, <laughs> That through God's mercy, there's hope for me. And and more importantly, that there's a purpose, that God uses us even in our weakness, as you said in the prayer before we got started, Lisa, that God takes us in our simple ways and, you know, uses us. And certainly right now in our world, we, he needs to use not only the grownups, but every soul that's out there. And our kids have such a capacity to love and serve the world around them that most certainly we, we can learn from them about how to be saints in the making. Yeah, and the book starts right off with talking about being on a mission, and there's so many really beautiful and accessible examples of the ordinary heroism of our everyday lives and how we can live that out. Say a little bit about how that awareness of the lives of the saints can help children to be more engaged at home, in the community, as leaders. I think that you know, it's really precious to go into a, a classroom of or a homeschooling group of second and third graders around this time of the year and to see them dressed in their saintly garb. It's it's a common thing that families will do this to celebrate the month of November. And it's interesting to me that they often are so inspired by the saints that they choose to emulate. And, um, you know, I think that's the reason that this last month, as we saw the beatification of Carlo Acutis, that uh, so many of our young people were drawn to this, you know, new saint who played Pokemon and coded websites and wore a backpack. And <laughs> I saw so many adorable <laughs> pictures of Blessed Carlo this last week of little little children dressed as Blessed Carlo. And I think that there's a reason that we're attracted to them because 
in them, we see ourselves and we see the things that inspire us, that bring us joy and love, um, you know, that that's a pathway to God, that he, we are attracted to him because he figured out not just how to do those geeky technology things, but how to do them to further the kingdom of God. So I think that's why, you know, we keep coming back to these stories. I'm thinking about a um, recent experience we had as a family. Uh, we were at a Zoom ordination. Uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, our, a friend of ours was being ordained a deacon. And uh, normally we wouldn't have been able to go because it was very far away. Um, but because of, you know, what's happening right now, we were able to zoom in um, to the ordination mass. And it was just beautiful. And they had a really lovely litany of the saints that they did as part of the service. And it was so funny. It was just the four of us, um, my husband and our kids in the uh, living room watching this service. And during the litany of the saints, it just sort of naturally happened that as someone heard a saint that they had a particular connection with, um, my, you know, whether it's their namesake or, you know, they were born on their feast day or their school or whatever, they would hear the name of that saint and say, yeah, like they were cheering for their favorite sports team or something. <laughs> 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 thing and yeah. <laughs> it was neat just the way that sort of organically, you know, became a part of our um, celebration of that event. Oh, wow. And there's so much. Uh, I love that. I mean, that connection, the way we're making connections, I attended a virtual confirmation as well. <laughs> yes. I feel like we're using technology in so many creative ways that anytime something's taken away, the Holy Spirit will help us to capitalize on it, to innovate, and to find that new, new way to consecrate something to the Lord's use. Would you say a little about how, I mean, you talked about meeting with some children yesterday, Lisa and Katie, about this beautiful opportunity to be at an ordinary nation. How about your message about the saints with children? How are you using technology? Well, I think there are a few different ways um, that we hope to use it. And, and we're already in the midst of, of booking these opportunities and doing them. Um, certainly, a book like this is so wonderful in that it's concise and easy to read. And so, I've already um, been having the opportunity to read it aloud to different um, classrooms and homeschooling groups and catechism groups. And it takes about 18 minutes to read the book. So it's really nice in a 30, 30 minute visit to be able to zoom in, you know, read the book take questions and answers and have the, the joy of seeing these faces of children who just, you know, really connect with it. Yesterday, it was really great with this, this um, group of homeschooled catechism students who, you know, not only had me with them, but had a couple of, of adults peripheral to the parish, and then also the pastor there for the entire time. And I thought about, you know, when was the last time that they would have had their pastor in a, you know, a regular catechism class? It was very wonderful. At the end, he gave us a blessing. And, you know, I think he was as blessed by the experience as the children were um, to be there with them. So, we're really hoping to take advantage of the fact that everybody's, you know, using Zoom and using Google Meet and using Skype to connect in these ways um, to, to read the book aloud, to do virtual author visits. You know, I have a whole mission planned um, that's geared specifically at children. We often hear about parish missions from the perspective of, 
you know, somebody coming in and doing evening talks for parents, but what are we doing for our children? Um, and we've got something for that based on the themes of the book. Um, so we're hoping to use it. Katie can talk a little bit about an upcoming visit that we have with the school in Sacramento. Um, and she's, you know, she's certainly homeschooling right now with, uh, it's their third and first grade, right, Katie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, first and third. You're, you're right there. <laughs> Yes, they're definitely in the uh, perfect demographic for reading this book. Um, And this is an e-learning example that I think would also translate really well to homeschool. Uh, My third grader uh, gets together on Zoom um, with a group of eight uh, students to do uh, religion lessons. And the teacher has just been closing out each lesson for the past couple weeks with like two or three pages of the book. Uh, which has been a really nice way to kind of savor the message of the book over a period of time and really give them an opportunity to discuss what's on each page. Because there, there's a lot to unpack, you know, and the kids have questions about the illustrations, which is really fun for me to be a fly on the wall and, to, you know, hear them noticing things <laughs> in the illustrations. But that's been um, a a great use of technology, I think. And uh, we're also going to be doing an event with an elementary school where I think we're doing like one like early elementary group and then a middle elementary group and then the middle schoolers, kind of three different presentations there. Oh, that's really neat. And I want to mention, too, that this book is so accessible. It's written really simply, but it packs a lot. And like you said, Katie, there's so much to delve into. You could absolutely, you could read it straight through. You can also break it down into pieces, almost like a novena, because there's, there's pages that are focused on things like discipleship or specific saints geographically and where they lived. You could do a geography lesson, fruits of the spirit, uh, care of creation, mercy and reconciliation. And again, that day-to-day living out of the faith, just those are just among many. And yet it's not, it doesn't feel like a ton of things just crammed in. It has a natural, really kind of organic, really sweet flow to it that I think the children will absorb in a natural way too. And, and they'll just get it. Thanks, Lisa. It's I you know, it's interesting that the shorter a book needs to be, the more challenging it is for me to write. My editor at Ave Maria Press, who handles my adult nonfiction, will tell you that I never met a word count that I couldn't exceed. (laughs) (laughs) So telling me that I only have a certain, you know, very slim amount of words. Um, This book, when I was writing it, you know, went through so many iterations and so much left on the cutting room floor. And one of the ways that I edited myself was to read it out loud um, over and over and to record myself reading it out loud, because I know that for many families, that's the way that it will be consumed. And so, you know, when I got to something that was a stumbling block for me, I was like, okay, that's got to go. <laughs> Wow. Now, see, I want you to do a whole like YouTube video for parents to be able to use of you reading it out loud. And I want images of Katie's different like phases of creating the images. I, we could just have so much fun with this. And also at the end of the book, there are wonderful tips for parents and caregivers and teachers for how to take it further. Um, final thoughts on kind of what you're hoping the impact will be or anything else that that you'd like to just share. Katie, why don't you go first? My hope is just for um, 
parents and students, and I'm thinking particularly of homeschoolers at this moment, um, to be able to invite conversation and wonder and to be able to let kids ask their own questions and to be able to have really good conversations about those questions. I, that's what I love to do with my kids when we read books together. And it's really exciting for me to have books about our faith that allow us to do that. Um, and so that is my prayer for homeschooling families as well. Mm, and kids ask amazing questions. I remember oh my gosh, talking it's incredible. about heaven or something, or maybe we were talking about what to have for dinner. And my daughter was probably six or seven and said, mommy, do we take our voices to heaven? <gasps> Amazing. I've been thinking about that ever since. Like what the children yes. will come up with will, can really kind of shock you into a more awake place about how God may be speaking into their souls. Yes. Yes. The, the, uh, there was a reading from the book of Revelation on Sunday at Mass, and the questions after that reading were... <laughs> uh, went, went beyond my knowledge of the book of Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to have those conversations together. Katie answered that so beautifully. I guess I would just say that I want everybody who's listening to know that one of my great joys in life is pen palling with um, children. And so if you have a homeschooling um, child who, you know, reads the book and wants to have a conversation about it, please, please, please have them write me a letter. I promise you that I always write back. I have a few, um, children that I've been writing with now since the launch of Chime Travelers, which was five years ago. Um, and so these, um, you know, these conversations in writing are such a gift to me. And I, I love my pen pal. So if you have somebody who wants a pen pal, just, um, you know, my address is at my website, or you can send me an email to lisahendy at gmail.com. If you have a homeschooling co-op or group that you'd like to have the book read to, please, please, please reach out. Um, I would love to have the opportunity to share with your students because I think I benefit from this more than they do. So please don't be shy about reaching out. And I just want to say thank you to you, Lisa, because you've created this beautiful forum for people to bring, you know, our gifts to the knowledge of the families that you're serving. And um, I'm just so grateful for how God's using you to reach out to so many people. Thank you. It's an honor and it's really such a joy. And I feel like when when people find out too that there are real people they can reach out to and connect with, that tells our children too, I can do this. It's almost like connecting with the saints. Here's this author, here's this illustrator. These are real people. And so it, it just casts a whole new light on things. It's not out there or other that that we are that communion communion of saints and that you know, that willingness to have a conversation, it makes me think of G.K. Chesterton and his wife. They were childless, but they ministered to many, many children and wrote letters and poems and things like that to encourage them. So it's a beautiful tradition um, as a Catholic family to inspire the next generation. I didn't know about that, but I just know that I love getting mail. And uh, I'd <laughs> rather get a pen pal letter than a bill. <laughs> 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 and uh, so I think, you know, sometimes um, the act of corresponding is lost these days. So if you have a child who is interested in doing that, send them my way and we'll be saints in the making together. Yay. And, you know, uh, homeschooled kids tend to practice cursive writing, too. So you might get some very nice penmanship as well. That's awesome. 
<laughs> All right, everybody, you'll see at the show notes, show notes where you can find Lisa Handy and Katie Broussard at their websites, but also where you can find I'm a Saint in the Making. And also, Lisa, just give us a, a quick overview of the project at uh, Kids and the Saints at Paraclete Press, too. I forgot to ask you about that. And that'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah, so this is just a quick DVD project that I did with Paraclete Press that as not only saints, but also some sort of saintly people who um, have lived before us who were not recognized by the church, but um, who led very meritorious lives. And it's um, the videos are just quick five to six minute video videos. Some feature me and some feature other people that you can use as a, a religion or history lesson in your home. Oh, how fun. I, lo- I love the endless creativity of this. Katie and Lisa, what a, what a joy to visit with you. And thank you for, for adding more delight in the saints to our November with the saints. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you too. And everybody stay with us for a few more moments for our short feature, which is coming right up. everyone. Welcome to another episode from Ideal to Real. My name is Chantal Howard, and I'm excited to have you here with me as we unpack holy pipe dreams, making them more accessible, and especially for those of you that are hard at work in the homeschooling realm. So here we are, post-election. The world seems like it's in chaos. Coronavirus is coming down again. And there are so many things that we could be anxious and worried about. But what I want to focus on with you today is something very proactive and practical that I feel like our homeschools can't afford to go without. And that is the true spirit of formation in entrepreneurship. We are raising up the innovators, the solution providers that are going to end up being the light in the darkness of our day. Many people associate entrepreneurship and business with greed or the pursuit of money. But to me, at the heart of entrepreneurship is the emphasis on success for altruistic missions, the focus on the client, the customer, and the other that promotes and fosters a spirit of service and a spirit of innovation for others unlike anything else that I can really think of. Additionally, entrepreneurs have to learn how to connect and create solutions for today's problems as well as learning how to be convincing of the truths that they've come to know. This is at the heart of what it is to be a leader. I also love that entrepreneurship fundamentally fuels an abundant positive outlook, and we are so in need of that today, aren't we? So let's talk about some ways that you can incorporate entrepreneurship into your homeschool. My first tip for you is to not only learn your child's love language and personality type, but go a bit deeper and discover their strengths. The Gallup Strength Finder test is used by business professionals to help analyze individuals, identifying their strengths and giving them strategies to manage their weaknesses. What a wonder it would be if that's how we approached our children and our homeschooling. I encourage you to expose your children to personal development and entrepreneur guides such as Stephen Covey, Jeff Olson, John Maxwell, Tim Ferriss, Simon Sinek, Jordan Peterson, Michael Hyatt, 
And our very own Andrew Pudua, of course, who, as a little side note, has an entrepreneurship course just for homeschoolers. There are also plenty of women who are emerging in this space as well. I encourage you to follow the movement around Zelly Martin. Many young women are drawing inspiration from the witness that she set in being the breadwinner for her family, a business manager, a craftswoman, all while maintaining her motherhood. Lastly, let's continue to encourage the study of free market economics so that our children are not enticed as easily and captivated by the movement towards socialism and communism that seems to be such an emerging fad within the culture of young people today. I wish to share with you in closing the testimony of my experience having been raised in an entrepreneurial homeschooling family. Had it not been for the skill set and gifts that I was exposed to in this context, I'm not so sure that I would have ventured out into 15 years of ministry, youth formation, family formation, traveling the country to speak and share, building my own business, and innovating around health and wellness, all within the context of the faith. So I encourage you to dive in and maximize the talents of your children. Yes, of course, give them a solid classical foundation. Ground them strongly in their faith. But then set them free to be innovators for the kingdom. Our dark world is waiting for the light that they will bring and the solutions they will provide. My name is Chantal Howard. You can find me at aromarosary.com or chantal-howard.com. I hope that you'll come find me on social media and let's pick up a conversation and discuss together how we can help you and your family dive deeper into these topics of innovation for the kingdom and for the sake of our world today. That's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com, where you can get online courses for your grade school, middle school, and high school student. Learn from the experts and make your homeschooling easier. Be sure to leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. And we'll see you next time here on the Homeschooling Saints podcast.